0: learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word. So, have your Bibles today, and I know you do. Ephesians chapter 2 is where we will focus the message on today. Glory to God, and I know you're praying for me. Hallelujah. And if you all don't mind, I just want to be me, can I be me? Yes. Today, I just want to be me, glory to God. Ephesians chapter two, verses 11 to 22, from the King James version. Uh, and then, uh I would like to review it again from the New Living Translation for a bit more clarity. Beginning at the 11th verse, Paul writes, "Wherefore remember that ye be it in time past, Gentiles, in the flesh, who are called uncircumcised by that which is called a circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of petition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. For to make in himself of twain one new man, so make him peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you, which were afar off, and to them that were not. For through him we both have access to one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, Ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are now built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are building together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. God, our Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise today for your presence in our midst. We thank you, O oh God, for this privilege and for this opportunity that you have afforded us, that we may come to this sacred temple and stand behind the sacred desk. To espouse on these sacred scriptures. We ask, O God, that you would anoint us afresh. Word these lips, O God, that you have created from clay, that we may speak life to the hearts of these your people. That even today, as we retreat from this holy mountain, that we will know for sure these precepts and concepts that you would have us to know. That you, your body, all of us, that we are one in you. We thank you, Lord. We count it done, and we believe that today is our changing day. We thank you. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. And the church declared amen and amen. Now, just quickly, I want to read the same text again in today's English, without all the thou's and those and in the New Living Translation. Again, Paul writes, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews. You were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, In his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with his commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you, Gentiles who were far off from him or far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Glory to God. Now, I want to focus my uh, preachment today on the 18th verse. The King James reads, for through him we both have access to one spirit unto the Father. The New Living Translation says, now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Uh, I was given the theme relational gospel, which I find is awesome. And I want to use today for our focus a subtitle, the purposeful unity of the body the purposeful unity of the body. And I really want to focus on trust and compassion and unity. Glory to God. Are you with me? Glory to God. Now, I, I, I am from the Pentecostal persuasion. Can somebody say Pentecostal? And in the Pentecostal church, we are a noisy group. Are you hearing me? Uh, when, when, when I get up and preach before the Pentecostal saints and it's quiet in there like it is in here, I'm looking around to see what's going on. I get scared when it get quiet. You know, have the robbers come in? Huh? Uh, uh, have I messed up my offering? Uh, what's going on? So every now and then to make me feel like I'm in the Pentecostal church, can somebody say amen? amen? All right, all right, all right. Glory to God. And, and, and if they don't say it, I know you're going to say it. Uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, let's go to work. There are numerous, I said numerous, divisions in the body of Christ at the present. Those divisions hinder us from the effective ministry that we are mandated to perform as stated by our Lord in Matthew 28 and 19. And today we fight against those divisions. We fight against our lack of unity, denominationalism, historic, theological viewpoints, races, cultures, traditions, opinions, preferences. All those things fall into the space between us and they create disunity. Disunity equates to hearting from God's perspective. When Jesus prayed in John 17, he prayed that we may be one. He said, Father, even as you and I are one, that they also may be one in us, that the world may know that you sent me. Glory to God. We know that Jesus' prayers are always answered because he always prays according to the will of God. We also know that his prayer was answered positionally. Jesus was simply expressing a prayer for the unity of the church, which does in reality exist. We are one in Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6 and 17 says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. All of us are joined to the Lord, and by extension, are one with each other. That is true positionally, but practically, it does not always work that way. In 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 13, we have the great statement of the positional unity of the church. The apostle Paul says, For as the body is one, and has many members, and all are members of that one body, being many are one body, so is Christ. In other words, he says, as a body, as a physical body, has many members, so does Christ. And then he went on in verse 13 to say, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into what? One spirit, glory to God. He says, like a body is one, so the church is one. Hmm? Like a body has one common principle of life, pulsating through all its members, So the church has one common principle of life, the Holy Spirit, who indwells all its members. The Spirit of God puts the life of God in the soul of man and unites him with every other one in whom that same common eternal life exists, watch this, and draws us together in one body. Glory to God. I was expecting an amen right there. Glory to God. And and keep in mind, Christ is the head of that body. Glory to God. This is an important concept, and it needs to be emphasized. The universal or positional church is one body in a body, and that body is Christ. Glory to God. Oh, bless the Lord. Jews and Gentiles, should be one in Jesus Christ. I said Jews and Gentiles should be one in Jesus Christ. Why? Because the Jew has tremendous resources to contribute to the Gentile church, and the Gentile church has tremendous resources to contribute to the Jewish church. We need each other, and we need to obliterate those kinds of distinctions that keep us separated. Glory to God. So we thank God for those kinds of works that draw the Jewish people into loving bonds with Gentile people because that's the way our Lord himself planned it when he gave unto us the common life and the Holy Spirit. And because of it, we have unity. Thank you, Lord. In the Corinthian church, Paul was constantly upset by discord. In First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1:10 to 12, he says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be what? Perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloé, that there are contentions among you. Now, this I said, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. And he goes on that also in chapter 3 and says, you must be carnal because there is division and strife and envy among you. Uh Uh-huh. This was a real problem and still is. Churches pitted against churches, Christians against Christians. The problem was discord and disunity. But I don't know that it was ever as intense or any more intense as in the New Testament era. The intensity, the discord between Jews and Gentiles, and, 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 and that, that's what Paul speaks of in verse 14. He talks about a wall, a middle wall. And this middle wall that he is talking about is a wall that separates people who are near and people who are far off. Look at verse 13. Some are far off and some are near. He recognizes that there was a tremendous wall between the far off Gentile, far off from God's temple, God's covenant, and the near Jew who had been exposed to all of God's truth in the Old Testament. And this wall had grown. And Christ wants to shatter that wall, to destroy it, and bring these two elements together as in one. Mm. That's the thrust of Ephesians chapter two. God made it by redeeming everybody by grace, through faith, huh? and making everybody one in Christ, Jew and Gentile, bond or free, male or female. No distinctions are left. Glory to God. Now, 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 you may wonder why we must face this this unity that existed in Paul's time. Originally, from God's direction, the Jews were selected to be his people. Glory to God. Now, I want you to bear with me now. I remember when uh, uh, former President George Bush, he was somewhere in the Middle East. I don't remember. Uh, Where is it. You hear it from me? Uh, He was somewhere in the Middle East. He was saying something that the people didn't like and somebody threw a shoe at it. Don't y'all throw no shoes at me. I'm just preaching the word. I got all of this out of the Bible. I didn't make any of it up. Glory to God. There is no question about the fact that Jews were selected to be God's people, huh? Do I hear an argument about that, huh? In Amos three and two, he says, Israel only have I known among all the people of the earth. Israel is a special nation. God had chosen Israel. There is a very sovereign act in God's will by which he chose these people. You may think, how odd of God to choose the Jews. But nonetheless, that's what he did. And if he would have chosen the Irish, you would have asked the same question, or anybody else that he might have chosen. Is it just a question that God chose but understood one thing? God never chose Israel to be a bucket. He chose Israel always to be a channel. Can I say that again? Thank God for that, amen. Huh? He chose Israel always to be a channel. C H A N N E L. His intention was not to dump everything in Israel for their own benefit, but to pour through them his blessings to the world. That was his intention. He said, they will show forth my praise. Israel was a mirror. Israel was a channel. They were to reflect God Jehovah himself to the world. They were to be the vessel through which the flow came. God wanted them not to be an end, but to be the means to an end. God's heart has not changed. Glory to God. He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when Jesus had said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, that was not anything new. God always wanted to reach everybody. God always wanted to recover lost man. God always wanted to extend the arms of his grace and mercy. His tolerance and forgiveness all the way around the globe. And Israel was not supposed to be the single depository of all God's grace. They were to be the channel through which God reached the world. Glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Bear with me, saints. And so God made them distinct because he wanted the world to look at them. Glory to God. Now now, now listen to me closely. He wanted to keep them separate. From the time he called Abraham, God gave them differences. And God said, I want you so different that number one, the world's going to look and say what is different about you, Israel. And number two, you're going to be so different that you won't be able to integrate or intermingle with any other nation because you'll never be able to get along with them because of the things that are so distinct about you. Glory to God. God made them different for two reasons, to call the attention of the world to them and to keep them separate. Glory to God. In other words, a Jew had such strict clothing laws, such strict dietary laws, such strict marriage laws, worship laws, festival laws, custom laws, land laws, every other kind of law, that it was just no way that he could really fit into another society. That's the way God wanted it. I know it's quiet in there <laughs> Additionally, they were so distinct that the rest of the world had to take note of them. And that's the way God wanted it. In order that the world would look at them and say, What is this? And the world would say, but they have a different God, and their God is the God who has done this. From time to time, they looked at Israel and said, who has a God like this, like these Israelites? That was the point, the special privilege God meant as a tool for witness. They were to be a channel. And you know what happened? Instead of them seeing themselves as a witness, instead of them seeing the difference as a way to reach people, instead of them standing up and saying, I'm different, and consequently the world is going to say, what's the difference? I can tell them that God has made me different. Instead of that, it became an excuse for calm, selfish. Self-glorification and pride. Glory to God. It can happen with us too. We are to be different, aren't we? We are to be completely different than the rest of the world. We are to walk a different walk. Talk a different walk. Think a different way. When you read Paul's letter to the Ephesians and you find out that we are to walk not as the Gentiles walk, not as the heathens walk in the vanity of our mind. We are to walk in love. Glory to God. I said we are to walk in love. Hallelujah. We are to walk in the light. We are to walk in wisdom. We are to walk in the spirit. Glory to God. Our conversation, our manner of life, our walk is to be totally different totally different than the rest of the world and that it is to be different because we want them to take note of us first of all and secondly God wants to keep us separate so that we cannot mingle with them it is the same as he did with Israel glory to God and hopefully As I turn toward my clothes, I'm not closing, I'm just turning that way. (laughs) And hopefully, the world will see the difference. And we will say to them, it's Jesus Christ that made the difference. And here's how he can make a difference in your life. Glory to God. And that's exactly what Israel should have done. Instead of doing that, Israel became proud, loved the difference, celebrated the difference, became proud about the difference, and elevated themselves as if they were better than everybody else. Glory to God. And it is even possible that's happening in Christianity, where Christianity forms some sort of an elite that think they are better than everybody else, and instead, Of really being a channel to reach the world, we become an isolated little group of people with our own little lingo, our own little lifestyle, our own little code, our own little bumper stickers, our own little radio stations and TV stations and our own books and our own everything. Glory to God. But when we allow Christ, in the Pentecostal church, this is where I do what they call tuning up. Glory to God. But when we allow Christ to enter in, he changes everything. Can you turn to somebody and say, he changes everything. Glory to God. When we do as Paul says in Romans 10 and 9, he says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, uh-huh the Lord Jesus uh, and we shall believe in thine heart uh, that God has raised him from the dead uh, thou shalt be saved uh, glory to God uh, now when we become one uh, with Christ Jesus uh, it will be easier to become one with our brothers and sisters uh, whom we see every day uh, whether they are Jews uh, or Gentiles Uh, Glory to God. Uh, Through Christ, uh, we will love them. Uh, Doesn't matter what they look like. Uh, Doesn't matter what they smell like. Uh, Doesn't matter what their zip code is. Uh, Doesn't matter the color of their skin. Uh, Doesn't matter who they love. Uh, We will love them Uh, and not loathe them. Uh, Through Christ, uh, we will help them. and not hinder them uh, through Christ. Uh, we're gonna feed them uh, and not fight them. Uh, through Christ, uh, we're gonna clothe them uh, and not corrupt them. Uh, we're gonna bless them uh, and not belittle them. Uh, oh, why are you are saying that, preacher? Uh, because our unity uh, will bring joy uh, in the midst of sorrow. Uh, It'll bring courage uh, in the midst of conflict. Uh, It'll bring peace uh, in the midst of persecution. Uh, Our unity uh, is going to bring hope uh, in the midst of heartache. Uh, Our unity, uh, when we come together, uh, is going to bring confidence uh, in the midst of challenge. Uh, I'm talking to Jews this morning. Uh, I'm talking to Gentiles. But I want you to know uh, that through Christ, uh, the savior of the world, uh, the blood suffering, uh, cross living, uh, savior of the world, uh, through Christ, uh, I'm a Jew too, Uh, glory to God, Uh, hallelujah. Uh, I'm just like you, Uh, no different, Uh, glory to God. And Jesus said, uh, If you want to be with me, uh, if you want to go back with me, uh, if you want to live forever with me, uh, you got to love me too. Uh, I don't care uh, if he's uh, bald-headed, pot-bellied, dark-skinned, from the other side of town. uh, You can't get in unless you love me too. Uh, Glory to God, the purposeful uh, unity of the body. uh, I love you today, saints. Uh, I love you, David. Uh, I love my Jewish brothers and sisters, uh, but I don't come under that title. Uh, I love you uh, because you're my brother. Uh, I love you uh, because you're my sister. Uh, And I know uh, that I know that I know that I know uh, that we are one uh, in Jesus Christ. Uh, Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, saints, and I call you saints because Paul called you saints, and you are saints. It is the will of God that we be one. And whether you know it or not, you are one. You're one in the spirit, and you're one in the Lord. God bless you. Father, we're thankful today for your presence. We're thankful for this opportunity. We're thankful for the word that's going forth. We're thankful for so great a company of your people that you have sent. And we pray, oh God, that if those in it who's under the sound of my voice, that don't know you in the pardon of their sins, that this will be that changing day, that they will turn to you even now and say, what must I do to be saved? And they will surrender their lives unto you and take thy rightful place in your eternal kingdom. And for this, Lord, we thank you, we magnify you, and we praise you. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we declare amen Amen. and amen.